All right. Good morning, everybody. As John said, I'm Rob. I'm the children's director here at Northview. So I was asked to fill in for this week and next. And in the spring, Steve and Shannon, were, we were talking about what I should talk on. And their, their main thing was, well, talk on something you know. All right. Well, then that means this morning we're going to talk about me. Uh, <laughs> if you've got to talk about something you know, why not stick it there? But more than that, this morning, I do want you guys to get to know me a little bit better. Um, I'm not often out here. For two years, I was up with the middle schoolers, um, and now I'm with the kids. So it's a fun opportunity for some of you guys to get to know me. Um, so that's one part of it. Another part is I want you to be spending time thinking all this morning about the things that God has done for you. Uh, we all have a story. We all have things that God has done in our life. Um, I find that looking back, we realize it. We get a lot of aha moments looking back. And when we're in the present, we don't always realize what's going on. So spend some time this morning thinking about the things that God is doing for you. Um, and just be encouraged. That's what I really want to come out of this morning. I want this morning to be an encouragement time for you to know that God is working. And he's constantly working. If there's one thing I know from my life, it's that God's got our back. It doesn't always make sense. We don't always know why. But he is there for us through everything. And he is our constant. One other quick note. So they asked the former middle school pastor and the current children's pastor to speak. Now, if there's one thing that I like to do, it's audience participation, all right? So those of you that are like, good, I get to just sit back and no one, nope. Uh, so each, each story that I'm going to be telling you this morning has a Bible verse that goes along with it. Now, I'm already talking a lot. So when we get to those Bible verses, I'm going to be asking for one of you to read that scripture for us. Easy enough. Added bonus, Dave's going to bring you a microphone for you to read that verse into. Now let's sweeten the deal just a little bit more, all right? You're going to be on the recording that goes online. So, look at that. It sounds like a good idea. So when we get to those verses, I really want to encourage you guys, take a step out in faith. Um, this, I think we can all agree, this is a pretty safe place to read our scripture, to read our Bible to one another. So, let's go ahead and pray, and then we're going to dive in. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you for this family at Northview. We thank you for the things that you're doing in each one of us and the things that you still have planned. We pray that we can trust and put our hope in you. And this morning, Lord, as I share about my life, may people be encouraged and may it reflect on their life and may you continue to just show your way in new and powerful ways. In your son's name, amen. So if there's one thing you should know about me before I get started, it's that I'm a Mariners fan. If there's something else you should know about me, I'm a Seahawks fan. If you have tickets to the Sounders, I'm a Sounders fan. If you don't, well, that's all right. Uh, but baseball and football, and even among those two, baseball has always been my number one. I've been a Mariners fan my entire life through thick and thin. Talk about learning about heartache and perseverance being a Mariners fan. But hey, they're flirting. They keep flirting with that 500 line right now. I'm pretty excited about that. But one of the things I love is being able to sit down and watch SportsCenter. One of the things they do is they categorize things into top five of this, top ten of that. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to look at my top five. Five stories that I've picked from different periods of my life to hopefully give you a better picture as to who I am and allow you to see God working in different and cool ways throughout the entire time. I'd like to start with Joshua 1.9, which this is the freebie. I don't need anybody to read it because it's, it's on the screen for us, but be prepared, there's more. So Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We're starting with an encouragement in Scripture that no matter what we've been through, 
God is with us wherever we've been. All right. I think the most appropriate story to start with starts at the very beginning. So there's my family, and they're actually they're sitting right there, which is pretty exciting. They're here. Uh, so you might, you might look at that, and you might think we look like a pretty... Uh, hey, Rob, you look like your dad. Well, it's weird, because I'm adopted. So... <laughs> People have told me that my whole life, that I look like my dad and being adopted. I never really know quite how to take that, but I think it's a good thing. So there's my parents and I. I was born in Reno, Nevada. Um, Long story short, to a young mother that was in no place to raise a son or to raise a child. And she gave me up for adoption, which I am super thankful for. Um, I don't like thinking of what would have happened if she hadn't chosen to put me up for adoption. There's a lot of ways that could have gone. But the good news is, I don't need to waste any time thinking about what might have happened. I get to celebrate what did. Uh, My parents were living in California at the time, and they got a phone call that my whole life, I basically summarized that phone call as, hey, your son's being born, you should be here. That's kind of a weird call to get. But they, they got it, and they drove and picked me up, and it's been great ever since. I, I, I will admit I've grown up feeling loved. I've grown up having tremendous opportunities. Uh, one of the pictures up there, the one on the bottom, is my senior year of high school, and we went to Costa Rica as a family. And just opportunities like that. Plus, being an only child, I never had a share. <laughs> right? I never had to share my toys. I never had to share my parents' time. The downside to being an only child... You have nobody to blame anything on. So everything, even if it's your friends, it always comes back to, oh, no, it was my fault, of course. Well, the best part about being adopted is that I got to experience a miracle from the very beginning. And what's even better is being a pastor, it gives me a sermon illustration anytime I need one. Because in the true sense of it, God saved me. He took me from a rough situation from who knows what would have happened, and brought me into a loving, caring family. And the cool thing is, he wants that for all of us as well. We get to worship a God who reaches into the chaos and sin of our world and reaches for us and wants to bring us into his family and wants to call us his sons and daughters. He has a spot at the table for each and every one of us. So here it is, folks. Number one. Who's going to be our first to read? Galatians 3, 23 to 29. My mom. That seems appropriate. (laughs) Mom, stay on standby. If nobody else raises their hand, I'm calling on you. (laughs) Galatians 3, 29. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. I'm only going to say this because she was my mom. Can you start at 23? Didn't I start at 20? Oh, I started at 29. Sorry. I would never correct anybody else. <laughs> I already feel bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> but before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up in, to the faith, which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. 
there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Awesome. Thank you. God welcomes us into his family. And what's really cool is Northview, I think we do a really good job of welcoming people in. I'm going to be touching on how I came to Northview a little bit this week and next. But one of the things that won me over was the people of Northview, that they cared about who I was. And I came once and got to know some people, didn't come for a couple months, showed back up and people remembered who I was, asked where I had been and asked about things that were going on in my life. Let's be a place of encouragement. Let's be a place that we welcome in our new family members. All right. Story number two. Oops. Oh, I did it. All right. We're just going to forget that. All right. Story number two. So growing up, I, I did sports. All right. I was to, to that mean I was on sports teams. If you guys know baseball, especially little league, I played out in right field, sometimes left field. All right. I played second base one time and I let someone steal from first to home. All right. So I wasn't ever that good. But I, I still did sports. I did Little League. I did uh, basketball and track and, and it was golf. Um, I, 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 I liked it. I had fun. My friends did it and my parents told me I had to. So it was a great reasoning. So, but most of my time, instead of sports, was spent in the Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts my entire life and I absolutely loved it. That's what shaped me, a lot of me, into who I am today was my time in the Boy Scouts. Um, if you don't know, the pinnacle of scouting is your Eagle Scout. And I worked very hard. I turned in my paperwork and my project on my 16th birthday. I didn't realize at the time, but that meant I was the youngest Eagle Scout ever in my troop. Um, you have until you're 18, and you're relying on young men to get stuff done, which means a lot of them turn it in right when they turn 18. Uh, but my parents pushed me, and I got it done ahead of time. One of the final pieces before getting your Eagle Scout is you're basically interviewed. They call it your board of review. They go over your whole scouting career, your project. They, they break it up down. They ask you about it. Um, and after that was done, and they, they told me, hey, we like what you had to say. We want to continue on the process to become an Eagle Scout, and we want to award you that honor. Uh, I remember I was on my way home with my parents. Uh, we probably stopped for ice cream to celebrate, and we got home. And uh, I remember going upstairs to my room to change, and my dad came up. And my dad only came upstairs. He's here. So um, he only came upstairs for a couple reasons. And dad, you can tell me if this isn't true. First, to wrap Christmas presents. (laughs) Second, to wrap mom's birthday presents. Or third, to bring me presents to wrap for him. (laughs) And the only other time that was distinctive was when my dad came upstairs um, on September 11th to tell me about what had happened. Um, So... I'm in my room changing, and my dad comes in. I'm kind of wondering, like, all right, like it's not Christmas time, and it's not birthday time. What's going on? I remember my dad, my dad talked to me about his time in the Scouts. Um, I have at home um, one of my most valuable possessions is my dad's Eagle Scout, and he gave it to me that night, and I still, I still have it. It's actually, I found a box, and it's in the box with mine. So that's just a really cool thing. Um, and I don't know if you remember, Dad, what you told me else in that moment. But it's stuck with me ever since. It's been the most, the single most powerful thing anybody has ever said to me. And that's when my dad told me that he was proud of me for what I had done. And that stayed. That was, I was 16 years old, almost 29, not very good at math. That was a long time ago. (laughs) And I remember that to this day of my dad telling me, 
that he was proud of me. Now, I know he had said it before and since, but that's the single most important time that I can remember. And what, what I've learned through this is that our words carry tremendous power. Words that we use have power to build one another up. And if we're honest, it's a lot easier to use our words to tear somebody down. I grew up in the scouts and my patrol, these guys I grew up with my whole life. Um, that's us on the Mariner's field getting to the, do the colors one time. We, we grew up encouraging one another. We goofed off, we made fun of each other, we gave each other a hard time. But through it, we had each other's backs and we encouraged each other. But I will say that my entire scouting career with those guys, nothing carried as much weight as my dad telling me that he was proud of me. If I could get someone to read the next verse, they're just one, Ephesians 4, verse 29. Jeff, right up here. All right, thanks. Dave's bringing you the mic. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. As the body of Christ, we need to be building one another up. We should be recognizing each other's compliments. And with that, we need to be picking our words very carefully. We should always be saying it to ourselves first before we say something to each other. We need to be a reflection of heaven to everyone that we come in contact with. I want to encourage you guys with your words. Encourage one another. We have in our bulletins the tearaway part that so many of you write down prayer requests. And I want you to know that those are received in love and the staff and the elders gather and we pray over everything in that. I want to encourage you and I want to invite you Write down the good things that are happening also. Let us know so we can celebrate alongside each other. For example, Haley and Isaac getting married. What a tremendous thing for our church to celebrate. But you don't need to write it down. We already know about that one. <laughs> so let's be a church that continues to celebrate one another. And let's be a church that's proud of one another. All right, story number three. So when I was in college, I went to Seattle Pacific University. I was my junior year, and I kind of a lot of, like a lot of people, trying to figure out what in the world am I going to do for work. Uh, you start, that's around the time you start realizing things cost money. But I also want to do something that I liked. I want to do something new and exciting. You don't get a lot of those opportunities, especially um, college is the best time for it. I was interning at Christian Ministries in Shoreline. Uh, if you don't know them, they operate Spirit 105.3. Um, they operate World Concern, King Schools. So I was operating in their, uh, interning in their, their marketing department. Really cool opportunity. Got to go to a lot of events. Um, and I was talking to my boss about that, about what I want to do and what opportunities there might be at Krista for me. And a couple of days later, I got a phone call from this guy named John. And he said, hey, my name's John. I'm the program director out here at Island Lake, and I want to have you out for an interview. Okay. So then I call my boss. Hey, what did you do? He's like, oh, I gave him your resume and told him that you wanted an interview and that you wanted to work there over the summer. Oh, all right, cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. So I spent a weekend and went out and, and interviewed. And Krista Camps has two different properties. I was interviewing for um, Island Lake, but I went to Miracle Ranch, if you've ever heard of that. That's where my interview was. Had a great weekend with the management. Really got along. And at the end of it, they said that I got the job and it was partially due to my experience in the scouts and my business degree. That's a pretty cool combination to be able to use all at once. So I go back, I finish up school, 
Um, and I was an RA at the time, so I had to stay a little later. Um, and I got to camp one day after everybody else for training. And I remember I, I drove on to camp, and I park, and I'm looking around, and I'm just thinking, what in the world have I done? I don't know where I am. I don't know anybody here, especially leaving an intentional community at school. What in the world have I got myself into? I had been to church camp one time in my life. I'd grown up in youth group, but one church camp, because I spent all my time at scout camp. I know how those operate, and now all of a sudden I'm in charge of all of the college staff and activities like motorbikes and paintball and the ropes course. What in the world am I doing? This is a mistake. And I'm sitting there and I say, okay, I know it's a mistake. They're going to realize it's a mistake. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go home, say sorry. It's all good. I even put my car in reverse. And I'm sitting there. And I remember I prayed. I said, all right, God, I'll make you a deal. God likes that. (laughs) I say, I will get out of my car. And then it's your turn. Then you take it from there. I didn't get out of my car. I I stayed there. I I kept sitting there. And I'm sure it wasn't as long time as I remember. Finally, I'm like, okay, just have to do it. I don't know if any of you have ever gotten in one of those situations with something where you're like, you know what? Fine. I've been lollygagging. Just have to do it. Get it over with. Fine. Sooner I start the summer, sooner the summer will be over, and I'll be home. Get out of the car, grab my backpack, lock the door, and then from across the field, where all the staff are having their first training, these door open, and 200 people that I don't know start coming out. I'm like, what in the world is this? This is, God, what are you doing to me right now? This is not what I need. But I made a deal. My deal was, I'll get out of the car, and God, you take it from there. I'll tell you, I ended up having one of the best summers of my entire life. Uh, It was incredible. I met awesome people. I had incredible experiences. And to this day, I'm so incredibly thankful for getting out of that car. It was a big proponent of me deciding to look at ministry as an opportunity. The first time I worked with middle school, high school, college students and realizing, hey, I really like this. And it's also, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more next week, but Brooks and I met at that camp. Uh, Brooks is our high school pastor, and he was instrumental. He's the one that, he nagged me for a year to come to Northview, and that's where I met him. And it's crazy to me to think, if I hadn't gotten out of my car, where would I be now? What would life look like? But just like being adopted, I don't have to wonder. I don't have to wonder about what didn't happen, because look at what did And getting out of that car eight years later, here I am at Northview getting to talk to you guys. That's incredible. All right. Isaiah 41, 8 through 13. Need a volunteer. All right. Perfect. Dave's on his way over to you. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you, whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
behold, all who are incensed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. You shall seek those who contend with you, but you shall not find them. Those who war against you shall be as nothing at all. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. One of my favorite things about scripture is constantly and consistently through it, we're reminded that God is with us, that he does not let us go. And that especially reigns true in the next door I'm about to tell you guys that I need to preface before I click over to it. Because I've told this story before to people, and I did not preface it, and it leads to some awkward, lingering questions afterwards. (laughs) So, you already know, because she read a verse, but my mom's over there. All right, mom, raise your hand. Okay? So, the preface is, she's here, and she's doing all right. Okay? So, we're going to dive in to number four. So, when I was working at camp, um, I I got the call. And it's a phone call that I know others of you have received and it's not fun. And the call is, the results came back. It's cancer. That sucks. All right? There's, there's no other way to say it. That call is terrible. I was working at camp, and I was walking back to my apartment, and on the phone with my mom, and she told me. And the, the next few minutes were kind of a blur. Basically, I ran to my apartment, opened the door, threw my backpack and my laptop in, and that's not a euphemism. Like, literally, I chucked my backpack into the room, grabbed my car keys, and left. I left my door keys in the door, wide open. All my stuff is great. Um, but my only focus was I need to get home. That's what needs to happen right now. And I'm, I'm going to apologize for something uh, because this is, this is terrible. But this is a place to admit things and to be vulnerable with one another. To those of you that have gone through things, And to those of you that haven't, I apologize because the number one thing that was on my mind on my drive home was that this happens to other people's families. This happens to other people's moms, not mine. And I was angry. And I was in my car and I was yelling to God. And I remember I was driving and the main thing I was yelling is just, why did you let this happen? And I know we've all been there before with different things in our life is why, why, why? And I'm driving, and I remember we had to take the Tacoma Narrows Bridge to come home. And I, I started on the bridge, angry. And in the middle of the bridge is the first and only time I've heard the voice of God. And he said, do not ask why. Ask what I'm going to do through this and how you're going to show me. Now, that changes your mindset. That changes the emotions and the thoughts going through your head. It doesn't take away the hurt of it. I got home and uh, my mom and I were talking and we we gave each other like, okay, we're going to take the next few moments and we're going to be upset and we're going to cry about this. And then after a little bit, it's like, all right, crying isn't going to fix it. That's not going to make the cancer go away. That's not going to make things better. So we prayed. And uh, God, God had a plan It's kind of crazy. Um, So like I said, I loved working at camp. And as humanity, we do a really good job of when God gives us something good, we're really good at messing it up. So the day before my mom's first treatment, um, 
I moved home. Um, I lost my job at the camp. Um, it was during the school year. I got hired on full-time. And through that, I was able to be home with my family, just my parents and I, through this whole ordeal over six months of treatment and radiation and hospital visits and all sorts of stuff. Um, I'll admit, we went through it. I still don't know the cancer lingo. I, I really don't. I apologize. Because that wasn't the point of it. It wasn't the point to learn the lingo. The point was to learn to trust in God. My dad and I developed a really good rhythm of who was doing what. Uh, I was looking for work at the time and getting frustrated. I couldn't find a job, but it became clear that God said, no, you're to be home right now. You're to be helping your family. And allowed my dad to focus on work during the day so I could be home making sure things were going well. My mom and I made the best of it. We, uh, our default when, when we're sick or tired is to first watch all the Lord of the Rings movies and then we worked through the entire series of 24 together. Um, and even though it was not good times, it also kind of was. But through it all, God holds true. And this is one of the verses that my mom held on to during that time. So if I get someone to read Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 for us. And don't make my mom read. All right. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Whatever you're going through, I want to encourage you this morning to continue to trust in God. When I was doing the, the middle school ministry for a couple of years, we developed this saying that I took the word trust. What does trust mean? And what we de developed was that it's totally reliant upon the Savior's timing. And that's what trust is. God has a plan, and we're called to trust. So now that we're all kind of oh, down here, let's... If we, if we can, for my, number, for my number five, do I have everyone's permission to kind of bring things up a little bit? Can we do that? All right. So I'm going to talk about that young lady right there, my fiance, Amanda. Uh, let's talk happy. There we go. Yeah. I'm pretty excited to marry her, I'll admit. So just to get any weird feelings out of the way, okay, it's 2017, people. All right. It's modern era. Amanda and I met online, all right? That's an okay thing to do, all right? I know there's other couples in here that have met online. It's all right. I will assure you we did not meet on any of those swipe left or right apps, all right? We met legitimately, and no, it wasn't Christian Mingle either, okay? It was not. But before we met, we were both at places in lives of wondering what God's plan was for us. I'm, I'm sure some of you guys can relate to this, that I was getting to the point of feeling kind of bummed out and even depressed as it seemed like all of my friends were getting married and my, my friend group was diminishing. And it gets you wondering, what's wrong with me? Like, is there something so fundamentally off about me in any capacity that it makes someone not want to spend time let alone life, with me. And that's a, not a fun place to be. But I'm not there anymore, so that's cool. 
<laughs> it turns out God does have a plan. Uh, our first date was last August 15th, so we're almost up on a year of that. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, the very last day of EBS on July 14th. Yeah, see, remembering dates. I'm learning. That's what it's all about. Her birthday is June 12th. I'm just kidding. I actually knew that. <laughs> uh, the last year has been awesome. I'm going to brag about her for a minute. Amanda encourages me and challenges me to be a better person. And that's not just for us. That's not just in our relationship. That's me as me. That's me as Rob, as a children's pastor, as a Christian, as a man. She encourages me. One of my favorite memories from the last year, other than getting engaged, um, is we spent a good chunk of the winter going up to Stevens Pass and going snowboarding. So I had snowboarded all through high school and really enjoyed it. I think I got okay at it, but it's, it had been 10 years since I had been snowboarding. If you want humility, go snowboarding after 10-year break and think you know what you're doing. But each and every time I fell and got angry, got snow up my shirt or snow down my pants, wherever it ended up, she was right there encouraging me every single step of the way. Now, I, I am excited for the fun times ahead. I'm excited for vacations. I'm excited for life, for ministry, for all of that. But the single most thing that I'm excited for is that there's someone in my life that I can do errands with, that I can do chores with, that I can just be myself with. David Weed last fall was speaking, and he said, it's all about finding someone that you can just do the everyday with. Because it's easy to find people. We can find friends and people to go on vacation with and have a great time. But it's that day in and day out that I'm looking forward to the most. So stay tuned for information. We're in the middle of planning weddings and weddings. Yeah, plural. Wedding. One time. No, uh, we're in the middle of planning. Um, it's exciting. It's crazy. It's complicated. Uh, but it's really, it's really cool. Could I get someone to read Ephesians 4, 1 through 7? If you've been waiting this whole time, this is the last one. So if you're like, oh, I'll just wait till the end. Bob Cook, everybody. Awesome. <laughs> Give it up for Bob Cook. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Thanks, Bob. Doesn't he have a great reading voice? Oh, man, I love that. <laughs> Bob did some voiceover work for us for VBS, and it was incredible. Um, so it hasn't, it, it hasn't always been easy, but I will tell you this, and to be fair, I said this in first service. I would say it no matter who is here. It's not just because... Amanda's whole family showed up this morning. <laughs> but I will tell you through and through, as difficult as it was, 
and as frustrating as it's been, it's 100% worth it. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> or else, I've already told Amanda from the beginning, when we get married, I cannot do my own vows. I need someone there telling me exactly what to say because I'm going to be crying. <laughs> so it's great. Uh, Shannon is officiating our wedding, so that means he'll be crying too. So <laughs> it's just going to be great. Amanda's going to be our foundation. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> all right. So as, as we wrap up today, I want to... I want to encourage you guys. Um, and while we're closing, I'd love to invite our worship team to go ahead and come back up and get ready. But with each story, while they're all different, God can be seen in each and every one. It's really cool looking back and seeing his fingerprints on everything. I want to challenge you guys to share with one another. Spend some time thinking about what God's done for you and share that with each other. Uh, I like to call the ushers up at this time to start passing out communion. Um, as you get communion, um, I want to invite you to just hold on to it. Um, the worship team is going to lead us in just a moment, and then I'll get back up and we'll take communion out together before we close. But during this last song, I want you to take some time. You can choose to sit. You can choose to stand. Your eyes can be open or closed. But I want, it, you, I want to encourage you guys, take some time to contemplate what God has done for you. Communi or <laughs> communication. Communion is a chance for us to reflect. It's a chance for us to remember and celebrate what Jesus did for us on the cross. So now if you would join us, if you want to stand and sing, the band's going to lead us in amazing grace.